The PR Moment Podcast, your weekly insight into what's hot and what's not in public relations and communications. Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Today we're interviewing Colin Byrne, currently CEO of Weber Shamwick, UK and EMEA in the latest of our series of interviews with some of the most high-profile leaders in UK public relations. By day, Colin is CEO of the UK's most award-winning PR firm. By night, he's a writer, aspiring novelist and musician. Colin's PR experience spans domestic and international public relations. He joined Weber Shamwick in 1995, rising to lead the public affairs practice in London in 1997. He is now CEO of the firm's UK and EMEA network and a senior member of the global management team. He recently announced he'll be stepping down after more than 20 years at the helm. After several years in private and not-for-profit sector PR, Colin joined the British Labour Party's communications team in 1987 and was quickly promoted to the head of press and broadcasting. He was press aide to Tony Blair, Gordon Brown and Jack Straw. Let's go for the very start, shall we, Colin? How did you end up working in public relations? Complete bloody accident. Um, I was at college. I was studying English. All I wanted to be was a punk poet. Uh, I ran my own punk fanzine. I edited the student newspaper. So basically, I had two interests, writing and music. So, hey presto, I decided I was going to be a music journalist. Um, And the one flaw with my plan... Uh, was working out how to get paid. So that didn't last very long. Uh, I was then uh, working in the HR department of a big organisation. And one day a job came down to be posted, which was for a PR assistant. I had no idea what a PR assistant did. I read the, uh, the job description. I thought, I could do that. So I applied for it and managed to land a job in an industry I didn't even know existed six months earlier. But so from that from that perspective, what you didn't have at that point was any writing experience or or, or any of the things. I wrote a that, lot of punk poetry. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms, I don't know, uh, writing of press releases or anything like that. You just you went into it fairly um, well. I I think you know I as I say, I edited the student newspaper. I set up the student uh, radio station. I was kind of the press officer for the student union. Um, I like to see my own shock horror headlines on the front page of the student newspaper. Um, so I kind of got bitten by the news bug, but I wanted to apply it to something that I was really interested in, music. As I say, that didn't work. Uh, and I suddenly found myself, you know, uh, working as a press office assistant for uh, the Automobile Association of all people. That was my first job. Right. Uh, and looking back at your career... Um your time working alongside Madelson and Blair at the UK Labour Party must have been pretty exciting times. Just tell us about that. Well, I, um, as well as music and writing, I was very interested in, in politics uh, from an early age. Um, and when Peter Mandelson got the job of uh, communications director for uh, Labour, and Labour had been virtually written off a few years earlier. He did an interview with The Guardian and basically said, look, I think that left-wing politics should have the same professional communication standards as Tim Bell and you know the Sarchies have brought to the Tories. 
And I wrote to him and I said, I absolutely agree with everything you said. Uh, you know, I'm learning my art in PR. But you didn't know him at this time? No, right. never met him. Uh, wrote to him out of the blue. He invited me in for a cup of coffee. Uh, I ended up working for him for about the next six years. Right. Wow. What a... a, a... Uh, just out of the blue and uh, clearly a, a massive impact in, in the rest of your working career, I guess. Uh, huge. I mean, Peter remains a, a friend. Uh, um, he's probably the most fascinating person I've ever worked with uh, and probably the best mentor, you know, a guy in his late 20s could, could want coming into, you know, national political communications. Sure. And then after various roles, you ended up as... Well, you've had various roles at Weber Shamwick, but but in essence, that CEO role of a of an agency. Um, did any of your previous jobs prepare you adequately for that for that gig? Well, actually, I didn't want to work for a PR agency. Um, I had a global PR agency working for me pro bono when I was at the Prince's Trust. I thought they were utterly useless. Um, I thought they added no value whatsoever. Um, so, you know, I saw myself continuing to to move up the food chain in terms of uh, global in-house corporate communications. Uh, I didn't want to work for an agency for all the reasons I've just given. Um, but then, you know, I got invited to come and talk to Shanwick, as was, um, to uh, Peter Gummer, uh, Tom McNally uh, there. Uh, I liked it very much. It was just ahead of Tony winning the 97 election and I was, as the FT said, a reasonably prominent moth around the Blair flame. Um, So, you know, I got in there uh, and I've enjoyed pretty much every minute since. But to your question, no, none of them did because all my previous roles were in-house. So I purely focused on external relations for that organisation. When I got the job of... um, UK CEO 17 years ago I literally walked down the road to a bookshop and bought the equivalent of an idiot's guide to running a business Uh, and that's the only training I've had ever since to be perfectly honest so it's been learnt on the job Um, fortunately working with some terrific business managers financial people um, and yeah I've enjoyed every role and opportunity I've had in the 23 years I've been with the firm. I was going to say, so you've been there 23 years. I mean, I've been in PR since something like 2004, and you are the only, I would say, prominent agency CEO who's still an agency CEO, if you see what I mean. So it it is quite a run you've had. Um, And all credit for you to going out at your own timing, I guess. Um, Just looking, so what are the drilling into that? that agency CEO role? I mean, in, in broad brush terms, what have you got? You've got clients, you've got numerous staff, people issues, uh, and in your case, you've got a holding company, so presumably you have to you have to hit some numbers and some budgets. Yeah, and an expanding network as well. So when I took over as uh, European CEO, as it was, um, you know, we were in the UK and Europe. Um, and in the last couple of years, we've expanded into Africa. We're now in three locations in Africa. Uh, we bought Prime, uh, the uh, Swedish communications agency, the most creative PR agency in the world. Uh, and that we're three years into that partnership. Um, so, 
the region's grown and the complexity uh, of it has grown as well. But that's part of the fascination. I wouldn't want to work for an organisation who said, here's the job and it's going to be the same job in five years' time and ten years' time. It would just drive me nuts. OK. Uh, I, I just taking a step back, I guess, and looking back a bit, career regrets, what, what have you got? Career regrets? Um, I don't think I have, actually. Um, I've never taken a job that I didn't find interesting. I think the great thing about being a frontline PR professional is that if you go into a new organisation, you really get into the DNA of that organisation. So, you know, you're always learning. Plus, we're in an industry which changes every couple of years. Right. Um, career learnings, then. It's not from from change it from from career regrets to to career learnings. What would you What would you say? Are the... Well, you know, I I I work with a lot of students. Um, yeah. I'm just been appointed a visiting fellow at uh, Greenwich University's business school I've been working with a PR degree for a couple of years and you know I have the same advice for people one get yourself a mentor you know that was absolutely critical to my success uh, and sure everybody can't get a Peter Mandelson as a mentor but there's a lot of people out there that you can learn from secondly in agency life make financial people your friend Right. Let them do the P&L stuff so you can get out and do the interesting stuff. Um, and then thirdly, I think it's not just about mentoring. Um, I'm a great advocate of reverse mentoring. So when Twitter first launched in the UK, I walked out my office and I found the youngest kid in our digital team. And I said, you are now the CEO's mentor. And two things happened. One, you know, he crapped himself with shock. Uh, and then secondly... He thought it was really cool that the boss was asking a 22-year-old to be the, his mentor. But, you know, there is so much happening in the world now that CEOs of agencies, senior in-house people can't just say, oh, well, that's not to do with me. You've got to know this stuff. So learning from the young talent that's coming in uh, is phenomenal. And there are very few professions you could do that in. can't okay. imagine it happening in law, for example. No. It's true. It is a, it's an equaliser PR in that sense, it is. isn't it? It yeah. is. Okay. Um, and I, you've talked about it a bit elsewhere, but what, what are you going to do next? What's your, you know, in a way, the world is your oyster, isn't it? Well, I'm in many ways returning to my two first loves, writing and music. Are you going to make uh, money out of it this time? No, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm going to go from a very well remunerated senior PR professional to being a penniless aspirant writer. Um, but no, I'm, I'm starting an MA in creative writing in a few weeks' time. Um, I will continue some of the charity work I do. Uh, I'll keep working with the um, PR uh, degree at Greenwich, which I'm very pleased about. Um, I've got three young boys at primary school, so I'm going to spend a bit more time with them. Uh, so, yeah, I've got quite a lot to get on with, really. And a bit uh, less time on Southwest Trains. Bit less, a lot yeah. less time on Southwest Trains, a lot more time uh, perfecting my guitar techniques. Right. But the, the idea is to do the creative writing stuff, but that's without a name. You're not, you're not saying you're going to go write a, a novel or something like that. You're well, just I'm gonna... 16,000 words into my first oh, okay. novel, but well, whether, go on, then. whether I'll that? ever get... Um, well, it's a kind of post-Brexit social thing. Okay. But, uh, 
Well, good luck with that. I don't Thanks. know how how long do you reckon it's going? If you're sixteen thousand words in, is that halfway? What what is? Well, I'm um... hoping I'll be forced to write more by being on a course and being given deadlines. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, looking forward, uh, and you're a an interesting guy to speak to, bearing in mind how much. Uh, change the public relations and communication profession has had you know, I, I don't know where you want to draw a line in sound but let's say five years ten years uh, what do you see as the greatest opportunities for for PR in the next five to ten years well it's interesting Ben I was talking to some of our new uh, apprentices yesterday uh, and they're all straight out of college uh, most of them hadn't studied PR and I was talking to them about you know the the the, the development of the PR industry and I said that I thought that the most change that had happened in the last 50, 60 years in PR have happened in the last 10 years. Yep. And that's been driven by two things in my book. One is social media and digital, which has completely leveled the playing field between us, advertising, other marketing disciplines. And the other is the Can Lions Festival opening up to PR agencies. Really? I think, so you think it's that significant? I, I do. I think it's made PR agencies really look at upping their game on creative strategy, which is a good thing for our industry, um, and also aspiring to own the creative process and the creative idea rather than writing press releases about somebody else's advert. So I think those two things have driven innovation in PR, but also creative ambition in PR, Um and, you know, I think now is a great time for anybody coming into this industry. It's a fantastic time to come in. The challenge for our industry, and if we look at one of my hobby horses, diversity, um, is, you know, we need more kids in the industry who are like Jamal Edwards making brilliant content on their mobile phone and have probably never heard of PR as a job yep. opportunity. Yep. Uh, so we need to work harder to get the future skills in because it's great getting loads of nice posh kids in from Bournemouth and Leeds Beckett, but we need more kids who are the next Jamal Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And if we don't get them, advertising will. Sure, and it's—I guess—it comes back to the a profession trying to communicate with the society that it it, it mirrors, if you yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, where do you? I'm just intrigued on that point. Actually, on the, I'm not sure anyone's ever going to do this, but when we look back in five years' time, say, about the, the, the work that's happening now within PR, how do you think people will judge it? Do you think, it's, do you think we're, as a profession in general, that there's good work, good quality work going on, or do you think it's fairly mediocre? No, I think there is excellent work going yeah, on. I agree, because that's, that's what I think. That's, if you think yeah. in the UK, uh, I was reading a report from the Institute of Practitioners in Advertising the other day, they estimate that one advert out of 7,000 would actually qualify to win a creative award. So, in other words, 99.9% .9 of advertising is not creative yep. in the eyes of the advertising industry. Um, so there's a great opportunity for us there, but we won't get there if we settle for PRing an ad agency's idea. We've got to own uh, the, the idea. And my own approach has been to bring creatives in from outside of PR um, I think one of the mistakes in the PR industry is we recycle our own rather than go and bash down doors and yep. get new people in from other disciplines and finally Colin what, what advice would you offer to people who are thinking of entering public relations as a career today I would advise them to think why 
it is undoubtedly got a reputation for being glamorous, you know, slightly controversial. We have our own sitcoms written about us. But, you know, given that you're looking at a, a career rather than a job, I would get them to think down and say, well, well why? And then think about what they bring to it. Um, you know, there are lots of lots of kids who aspire to PR because it sounds sexy. In fact, it's fucking hard work. Really hard work. Sorry I said fucking. Um, uh, but no, the, the first question is why? And the first thing I always ask new entrants out of university is, why have you chosen this career? Not why have you chosen this agency? Why have you chosen this career? Uh, and their responses are fascinating. Everything from mummy works in PR to, you know, I saw this really cool stuff and I found on the online, I found out it was actually done by a PR agency. Right. It's not what I thought. I want to be part of that. I mean, it's a tough question as a 21 year old or whatever else, isn't it? But they. Well, it is, but you've got to ask it because I think we used to suffer from this thing that we'd get, you know, a lot of posh kids in and they'd burn out in two years. Um, because PR wasn't a profession, it was a job. Now it's a profession. It's got to act like a profession. Thank you so much, Colin, for your insights and for being such an engaging guest. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the PR Moments podcast. To keep up to date with what's happening in public relations and communications, subscribe to the PR Moment podcast in iTunes or at prmoments.com slash podcast. prmoments.com, exploring the evolution of public relations. This PR Moment podcast was produced by broadcast PR specialist Shout Communications.